Good morning. morning. Please join me in our opening prayer. Let us know together that we are in the presence of the one, the one spirit, the one creative source, the one I call God, the one that is called Allah, Wakantanka, the one that goes by many names and yet is beyond all those names because it is fully present in all of creation, fully present right here, right now, in every heart, in every mind. And so we welcome that presence this morning, knowing that it informs this time that we spend together, that it inspires us from within and from without as we celebrate our unity and beloved community, knowing that the words that Reverend Diana speaks resonate within us because they find their analog within us. The wisdom is already present in each one of our mystic hearts. So we open to that wisdom now. We open to that inspiration. We open our hearts and our minds to a greater realization of our divine humanity than we've ever experienced before. So with gratitude, I simply let it unfold, knowing it does so perfectly. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Chris, for that beautiful opening. I welcome you if you're new with us here online today. My name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director of Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We're an independent interfaith community that teaches universal principles and practical spirituality. We are a place for those of all faiths. So I welcome you home to our beloved community. I welcome you home to your own Mystic Heart, where your own guidance and wisdom lives. So we'll begin our Teze meditation experience this morning by joining our voices in song. Thank you. 
together as one living organism breathing in and grounding ourselves in the peace that dwells in this space and exhaling sending that peace back out into the room into the world let's take a moment of silence to take a couple more deep breaths And now together honoring the connection with our global family. We envision a web of consciousness that surrounds and infuses the planet. And seeing each one of us as a point of radiant light in that web. Reflecting the pure radiance of our divine nature. Every human, every other than human creature, every plant, an expression of the one light. The rocks and the minerals, the water, the air, the wind, the stars and the planets, each one a perfect expression an intentional creation emanating from the one source, from the one light. We see the brightness, the radiance of this web, this web of consciousness, this web of infinite intelligence and sentience that is expressed uniquely as each one of us. And as we come together this morning as one light, we set an intention, and that is to leave a positive imprint on human evolution and on our world for all time. An imprint of love and of peace compassion, generosity, freedom, kindness. The flow of Teze this morning reminds us that we are best served when we live our lives according to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It points us in the direction of the eternal, 
the timeless, the unchanging. In this day and age, it is sometimes difficult to discern truth from fiction. We're bombarded daily with information and misinformation, both presented as truth. How are we to tell the difference? Is there a difference between my truth and your truth? Only when we're speaking of relative truth rather than absolute truth. What is the difference? Relative truth refers to conditions and situations that are changeable, to facts, beliefs, opinions, perceptions, projections, all of our experiences. These are relative truths. Absolute truth is that which is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow for all beings, at all times, across all cultures. In other words, the one source, the essence, substance, and process of life forever unfolding according to divine order and timing. This is the one truth. The spiritual journey calls us to live our lives in greater and greater alignment with absolute truth, with God, Great Spirit, divine mystery. It doesn't matter which faith path is chosen, the goal is the same. Coming to know ourselves as divine human and living accordingly. In the words of Paramahansa Yogananda, religions are many, but in the course of realizing truth, or God, all seekers, be they Hindu, Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, Jew, or follower of any path, or none, will discover that true religion, or the actual experience of God, is the same for all. God is one. There is only one truth, though its aspects are myriad. And what are the aspects of God? We might also know them as divine qualities or spiritual principles. Love, life, light peace, power, joy, beauty,
abundance, freedom. These are inherent qualities given us at birth, forever available when we choose to experience and express them. And spiritual principles, the laws of attention, choice, faith, expectation, there are many. Though the effects of these principles in our lives vary according to what we feed into them, the way they work <coughs> is consistent, is infallible. Unless I'm speaking of or attending to these qualities and principles, I am not grounded in absolute truth. But with the endless distractions of human life, how do I remember who I am? How do I connect with my own divinity? It's not as difficult as we make it. Stop. Breathe. And listen to the silence. into the void the universe is waiting ever present at your command eternally creating there inside the silence deep inside the silence Listen to the silence. Deep within your sacred place where unity and peace dwell. Unity and peace dwell. You can hear that still small voice say things silence deep inside the silence listen to the silence never in danger 
possibilities endlessly unfolding here inside the silence only in the silence deep inside the silence there inside the silence Listen to the silence. It's not as difficult as we make it. Stop. Breathe. and listen to your inner guidance. Do we have things that get in our way? Of course. This is where our part comes in. According to spiritual principle, what we attend to is what we will experience. Where our attention goes, these are the things we notice and experience. What we're interested in makes itself known in our lives. Look for truth within yourself and all around you, and you will find it. Ministers, prayer practitioners, and other spiritual teachers are often asked, how do I know what is true? How can I tell if I'm hearing divine guidance or my own human thoughts? How do I distinguish between the still small voice and the opinion of my ego? Our inner dialogue is often confusing and even contradictory. Transcendentalist poet Walt Whitman advised us to no longer take things as second or third hand. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. He seems to indicate that we have an innate ability to filter out what is untrue, the capacity to discern between absolute truth and relative thoughts and conditions. We have four filters that we can use to determine what is true. The intuition of our spirit, the logic and reason of our mind, the emotions of our heart, 
and the feelings within our body. Many of us start by figuring it out with the mind. Some consult their emotions and there are others who go straight to their gut feelings. We can use all four of these filters together to purify our awareness of truth. First, we engage our intuition by aligning our spirit with the spirit of truth. We ask for divine guidance. Then we consult the other filters. Is it reasonable? How are my emotions reacting to this? Do I feel resistance anywhere in my body? As we approach our three minutes of shared silent contemplation, I invite you to recall an idea or a teaching which you may question the truth of. Engage your intuition, then ask your mind, is it true? And listen. Ask your heart, listen again. Ask your body, scan it for feelings and receive its wisdom. Finally, take all of these insights back to spirit in prayer. Ask that divine wisdom reveal the absolute truth to you. Open, receptive, and expectant, simply ask, is it true? And listen.
allowing the music now to guide us gently back into this time and space, we give thanks for our deeper embodiment of truth. With profound gratitude for this communion with Divine Spirit and with our beloved community, we simply say, thank you, God, for everyone and for everything. quest for truth is an infinite journey. There is always more a spirit to be revealed, greater understanding of reality to be embodied. And along the way, we have these touchstones. This I know to be true. with our hearts and minds wide open to receive Reverend Diana's continued inspiration, we are encouraged, empowered, and eager to seek and express the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Are you living a true story? Of course, at the relative level, all that you experience as your life is true. What is your story? Let's take a moment to ask, what is it that I tell myself over and over again? about my past, my present, and my future. In order to have a lasting impact, our stories have to be told and retold. Gangaji tells us that all stories have a narrative. Your narrative is what you tell yourself through thoughts and images with accompanying emotions. She asks, what is your narrative? Let's take a moment of silence to listen. What are you finding? The story is bound to be familiar. We all have one, or more than one. It is natural for human beings, with our developed cognitive abilities, to generate and follow our own narratives.
The only problem is that stories can limit us. By their nature, our narratives define us and create all kinds of perceived limitations. Following our stories directs our attention to that which is ever-changing instead of to that which is constant, eternal, and infallible. It causes us to place our faith in the material, in the physical, the impermanent. And when we place our faith in that which is impermanent, fear is a natural response. <coughs> We're told by the saints and sages of every tradition that it is our faith that will set us free. But only when our faith is grounded in the eternal source, in life herself. Our faith either binds us or frees us, depending on what we place our faith in. It's up to us which way it goes. We're told that God is love and that we cannot be simultaneously grounded in both love and fear. When we have our minds and hearts centered in love, in God, in that which is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present, there is nothing to fear. Because we know that the qualities of spirit are within us, always available, and that our lives are always guided by an intelligence that is far beyond our own. That everything is always unfolding by divine order, according to Spirit's timing. And that is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So let's affirm that truth as we close in prayer. In this sacred moment, I am at peace. I feel and know the truth of who and whose I am. A perfect and intentional expression of the one life, here on purpose, and necessary to the unfolding of the creation. The life of spirit would be incomplete without my existence, without my participation. And my life would be incomplete without my recognition that I am a spiritual being having a continual human experience. Feeling and knowing that there is a power, a presence, an intelligence always on the field. I can relax. I lean into my deep faith, trusting the great mystery to unfold for the good of all. As I walk through my days, 
I keep my vision centered on truth. I know that the conditions, the situations, and experiences of my life always bear gifts. They are forever pointing me towards a higher version of myself when I take the time to look, to ask, to listen, and then to courageously act accordingly. As I attend to what is mine in the physical, I am lifted and carried by Spirit's ever-present grace. And for this, I am grateful. Thank you, God, for this life, for this physical body that serves as a vehicle for your presence and a vessel through which your life and compassion, your love, can be felt in the world. My life is showered with too many blessings to count, and I give thanks for each one. I release this prayer fully aware of its power, knowing all that unfolds from this moment forward is my prayer coming into form and experience. I turn it over to the loving and lawful presence of the One, letting it be. And so it is. So coming back into the awareness of our bodies, our sensations, gently opening the eyes and noticing the atmosphere in the room and the people around you. In this cooler day, it would be so easy to be outdoors somewhere right now. But your commitment to yourselves, to God, and to one another is beautiful. So as we close our Teze meditation, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial abundance, should you choose to do so. And that supports the work that we do here at our center and out in our community. Um, if you're joining us online, you can find a donate button at mysticheart.org. You'll find our mailing address as well. And as we offer this time and space for your offering, I offer to you a video by Daniel Namod called, If the Race is Over. What do I do if I'm not chasing anything? What do I do if I've got everything that I need? It's a question that no one's prepared me to answer. Where do I go if I'm right where I'm supposed to be? Where do I go if wherever I am, I am home? It's a question I'm presently wanting to answer. If the usual way doesn't work for me now That's a void I know nothing about What if the race is over And 
we all automatically win? What if the game is ended long before it even begins? What if the test has been taken and we're all passing again and again? If the race is over, what then? What do I say if it's all perfect anyway? What do I say if I'm not here to change anyone? It's a question I truly don't know how to answer. How do I live if my life is eternity? How do I live if I'm no longer afraid to die? It's a mystery, no one can give me an answer. If the usual way doesn't work anymore, there's no map for what life has in store. What if the race is over? We all automatically win What if the game is ended Long before it even begins What if the test has been taken And we're all passing again and again If the race is over What then? purpose of time here on earth how do i now define my death and birth for that matter what is my life really worth in the end what's mine to give what's mine to receive whom do i worship what do i believe seems every answer comes right back to me Whatever. What if everything's just right the way it is? We say thank you for your gifts, knowing that they come of the one source through the hands of each giver and on into our hands and our hearts. 
we receive as source, grateful to the one and grateful to each one who gives. Thank you. And so it is. So as we close today, reminding you briefly, I know we'll do this again at the next go-round, but we have two fundraisers happening in September. We have another fishing excursion with April and Miley, and we have three tickets left of the eight for that. That's September 2nd, so that's right around the corner. And then we have Celebrating Community Through Heart Healthy Fair with Chris Fortier. And this sounds like a delicious and fun-filled demonstration and dinner. Um, and we have a few tickets for that left. She's seating eight as well. So if you're interested, there's more information in your bulletins. You can talk to us. Um, you can go online. Oh, okay, that's right. For those, yeah, for those who are going tomorrow, um, and if you're not going yet and you want to, I can still change that reservation until about 3 o'clock today. Um, we're doing a Mystic Oaks adventure with the interfaith group to Yuba City to go in the new Mormon temple that's just opening up in Yuba City. Um, they only open this for to the public for a little while, a few weeks, and then it becomes closed to the outer world. And so it's a great opportunity. Um, we're going to meet here. I said 8 o'clock. We'd be better off meeting, and I'll put an email out today at 7.45 and leaving here by 8 o'clock because the tour starts at 10.30, and we have to park at the other end and get to the entrance. Um, after the one-hour tour at the Mormon Temple, then we'll be driving 10 minutes to the Sikh Temple, where the Sikhs will be feeding us lunch. Okay. So, um, and all of this is just free of charge to us, open to the, the interfaith community. Yes? Men and women will both need head coverings for the, the Sikh Temple. So, uh, they'll have them yeah, they'll for borrow. but if you want to wear but, your own hat right. instead. Yeah. Okay, so if you haven't let me know, all, if you have let me know, then you're on the list. If you haven't let me know till about 3 o'clock today, I can take names. All righty, so let's go ahead and close up. And there's a lot more stuff in the bulletin, so if you haven't looked it over or gotten online yet, take a look. New classes are coming up soon. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. Have a beautiful Sunday. Maybe we'll see some of you back at 1030.
Oh, well, let's see if we can kind of, I, don't, I hesitate to say contain some of this energy, but let's just focus it on our, on our divine selves for a moment and remember who and whose we are as we celebrate the fact that there is only one thing going on here and that's the divine presence expressing itself through all that is, through each one here, through the celebration service that we have together, through the conversation we share. It is all a way of revealing the infinite intelligence and wisdom that is fully available to us as adult offspring of God. So we just give thanks for each one here. We give thanks for the inspiration from Reverend Diana. And we give thanks that the spirit of love guides the whole thing and that it unfolds perfectly, powerfully, joyfully, lovingly, and probably with a whole lot of fun. So I just let it unfold and say thank you, Spirit. Thank you, Reverend Diana. And so it is. So it is. Amen. Thank you to everybody because we all get some input here. So good morning and welcome. If you are just joining us online, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson and I'm pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart. We're an independent interfaith community. We teach universal principles and practical spirituality. And whatever path you walk or no specific path at all, you can find family here. So we are going to begin with some music, joining together our voices and feeling free to get up and move if, if you feel so called. Good morning. to the mystic heart join the celebration lift your voice and sing your part make this affirmation spirit lead us family with loving hearts to share together we are joyfully practicing the possible to the mystic Did you all wake up this morning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not yet? All right. 
Maybe this will help. Not, not all at once, but Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on spirit. Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on spirit. Join me, if you would, in our practice of visioning a love-soaked world where all humans embody and live from kindness and compassion, from joy and abundance and generosity, freedom and justice, all of these living principles that we allow to guide our lives. These principles guide our every thoughts, every, every word, every action in this world of our creation. This world where all humans honor and care for one another and for our planet and for all of the creatures that share this planet with us. We are creating a world where all needs are met where all beings are well fed and have the safety and comfort of home, where mental and physical health and education and healthy relationships are ensured, supported by social systems that are grounded in wellness and wholeness, where all beings serve the greater community doing whatever it is that feeds their souls and are well supported in this work. By their service in the world, each one finds a sense of meaning and belonging. We're creating a world in which all beings are valued and respected for their uniqueness, where authenticity and integrity are the norm, 
where the peace and kindness we cultivate within shows up as a world free of hatred and violence. With our growing awareness and by the power of our collective intention, we are writing a new story. A story in which greed is a thing of the past, a story in which having abundance is enough. Having abundance, there's abundance in having enough. <laughs> I'm waking up this morning too to this world. <laughs> uh, in our vision of this new world, we do not lower our vision no matter what the world shows us, no matter the conditions and situations that we witness. We know these are appearances and we know with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but it is inevitable. The process of evolution itself and the goodness and lovingness of God moves us into this new world. We align our actions to support our vision, knowing that it is our actions that we have control over and as we align our actions, a new world is being born. We open our hearts and our minds and our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation, keeping with our vision, we create an open and loving community to, to, in which all people are welcome, all beings are welcome, and a community in which all have an equal voice. So with deep faith in the great mystery that acts upon this prayer, we accept its graceful unfolding into form and experience. We trust and know that it is happening now. And we release it in deep gratitude to the living, loving, and lawful presence that I call God. And so it is. Hmm. Take a moment to look around. Couple left. More have come. Yay! Welcome, family. Welcome, family. <sighs> so, if you are here with us at Taze this morning, you know that our topic this week is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But it stops there because next week is. So help me, God. <laughs> okay. It's all in the punctuation. It's all in the punctuation. So we took a meditative journey through our own personal narratives, our own stories. We looked at what are the things we tell ourselves over and over and over again about us, about our past, about our present, about our expected future about other people, about our lives. So, with that in mind, what are your stories? What are your narratives? Anyone have a story you want to share? A story about you? <laughs> a short story about you? <laughs> I heard that. Yes. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to know who I am. Okay. There's a there's a story. Yeah. Who are you? I'm yeah. God being Kimberly. All right. 
Thank you for asking. Oh, that's a long story, isn't it? Uh huh. <laughs> forever. Are getting better and better every day. There's every day, story. yes. There's a story we can tell ourselves. Nobody wants to share any disempowering stories, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They all, they all start with, I'm the guy who. Oh, I'm the guy who. Yeah. Okay. Or I need to. I need to. Or I can't. Or I can't. Or shoulds or shouldn't. Shoulds and shouldn'ts. One of my former stories. Ah, okay. It took me 20 years to decide to become a practitioner. Oh, there's a story. <laughs> it took me 20 years to decide to become That's a, a long story. That's a long That's a, yeah, story. <laughs> yeah. Condensed. Yeah. Anybody have a story that was once like, like Lucinda, but you've now outgrown? No one is ever going to love me for me if they know all of me because oh. I am inherently unworthy and not good enough. Mm -hmm. So I have to make myself into whatever it is that they might want in order for them to give me the love that I feel I deserve. Oh boy. Anybody else ever yeah. share that story? That's good morning. <laughs> Both hands. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God you outgrew that one. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it can be a limiting story. For sure. Yeah. So we tend to think of the less than empowering stories as, they are as things that limit us. We, we think of those as limiting stories. But even really uplifting positive stories can limit us. Right? Can anyone think of a really good story that might limit you? <clears throat> I am the best human that I will ever be. I am the best human I will ever be. How is that limiting? I'm not a human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a spirit. Oh, okay. There we go. Also caps you. All right. It caps you at... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the best it's gonna get. This is the best it's ever gonna get. Yeah. This is who I am and I'm okay with that. This is who I am and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. How does that limit you? Uh, I'm being it's subjective that I'm that I'm okay. So it's like I don't I'm not open to anything okay. that says otherwise. Okay. Not open to anything that says otherwise. Not open to suggestions. <laughs> okay. David? I kind of like to think that I have a never-ending story. Okay. Everything just keeps manifesting. All right. Okay. So how can that be a limiting story? Uh, I don't know. As I don't see an end or a beginning to it. So. Okay. Anybody have thoughts about how that could be a limiting story? And you quit searching. I feel that we're all here to experience everything and to remember who we are mm -hmm. and to be the best we can be in this lifetime and other lifetimes. Okay. And if we say this is it and this is it, then you can explore, be bigger than that. Okay. So I don't want to put any limitations. Right. I'm open to all the infinite possibilities in the universe. So I'm not saying it's inherently a story that limits but one could allow that story to limit them from reaching beyond what they're currently experiencing, potentially. 
So here's here's one that I hold. Mystic Heart is a growing and thriving community and it takes this particular form. It looks like this community, this center. It meets on Sundays. It has classes on Wednesdays. It's now doing, you know, you get the message. These are the things we do in the community. Okay, because this is my vision that I've brought forth and others were drawn to it and here we are creating this thing. Okay, so this is a positive story in my mind. However, if I'm only content with the unfolding of the story when it looks like this, I'm limiting what can happen. If I had limited it to new thought teaching, which is where I started because that's how I grew up spiritually, if I limited it to that, we would be the third new thought community in Reading. Instead, we've shifted. We're an interfaith community. We're the only truly interfaith, proclaimed interfaith community in the county. And that changed because I was open to being okay with the shift. So even positive stories, because this is a positive place and I find family here, but even that can be limiting if we say it has to look like this. You know, someday it may not look at all like this. If in my personal journey, if spirit moved me to Oh, well now you're just going to be, you're going to do a, like a teaching ministry where all you really do is uh, classes and counseling. And then maybe it's going to shift to be a food ministry. You know, that gives me fluidity and it gives others an opportunity to step in and flow with this thing and let it be whatever it wants to be, whatever God wants it to be. So that's how we don't limit it. And no, I'm not planning to consciously step anywhere other than where I am right now. Just saying that being open mm -hmm. to what it wants to look like allows it to grow and shift and change as spirit wants it to. So if that happened, just saying that happened. Okay, now it's a food ministry, strictly. I'm into food. Y'all know that. Would that mean that Mystic Heart, as it is now, is a failure? No. no. Uh -uh. I'm a no. failure? No. 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 So we get mistaken about things. When things shift looking, they don't look this way anymore. Now they look like this. We think, oh, and I failed. But no. that's not true. We're no. open and shifting. Yes. So, um, wait one second. I need to remember what I was going to say. So, okay. Mom told me that uh, that the United <laughs> States has moved all the Indians to different spots. That happened at one time, yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what I want to have to say. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Sure. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, okay, point all kinds of narratives define us. They're limiting. They can be limiting. So going back to Teze, we, we talked about spiritual truth. Sometimes we call it spiritual law, spiritual principle. 
and that we talked about principle as being absolute truth as opposed to relative truth. Relative truth would be what what kinds of things make up relative truth? Conditions. Conditions. Uh, actual circumstances in my life. Okay, circumstances in my life. What about culture, society, the way we were raised? Okay, culture, society, the way we were raised. Even facts, like facts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Facts, opinions. Beliefs. Expectations. Expectations. Numbers. Calendars. Numbers. Calendars. So anything that's changeable. Anything that can change, has changed, or ever will change is impermanent. That's relative truth. So spiritual law or principle is unchanging, infallible, forever at work, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, and it works on us in our lives differently from person to person, not in how it works, but in how it looks as it's working because of what we feed into it. Mm -hmm. okay, so we feed something in and a consistent law works with that and we get this or we get that. So it's always at work. So what are some of the spiritual principles or truths that you can think of that you recall? That we're mirrors. Okay, we're mirrors. Yeah, so as within, so without. Okay. Spirit is always working for good. Spirit is always working for good. Some people would voice that as Evolution is forever working towards unity or complexity and, and wholeness. Two languages for similar ideas. What else? Our life uh, reflects what we're interested in, what, okay. what we believe, what we think about. All right, so our lives tend to reflect what we're interested in, where we give our attention. So it sounds like we're talking about a lot of cause and effect here. Mm -hmm. The cause of uh, uh, create our reality by what we think, do, and say. Okay, so we create our reality by what we think, do, and say. So we have the law of cause and effect taking place in lots of forms, right? So we have like the law of choice. According to our choices, so do we have different experiences. Law of expectation. What we expect to happen tends to be what we see or what we experience. The law of faith. What we place our faith in, what we believe, tends to be what shows itself in our lives. So all of these things are spiritual truths. Laws of spirit. Laws of spirit. There's a whole bunch of different variations on those themes. So I'm going to turn a corner here because there was an relative article. Corner. Uh, relative corner. Relative corner. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because I could change at any moment. I read an article this month Always in the changing. Science of Mind magazine, which I still follow periodically, <laughs> because there's some some good stuff in here. 
And it, this article just grabbed hold of me, and I decided finally yesterday I really want to share this because it addresses one of New Thought's most misunderstood teachings. And Reverend Jesse Jennings wrote this article. The article's called, No, It's Usually Not Their Problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm going to read bits of it and then pause okay. for some discussion. So here's the first bit. Personal responsibility is something other people should definitely take. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if they would, the world would be a better place. <laughs> this seems to be the thrust of a meme I stumbled over recently that said, if someone has a problem with you, always remember it's their problem. <laughs> this is wildly heralded at the moment by likes and thumbs up reactions. Can a product line of coasters and throw pillows be far behind? <laughs> now I must share my discomfort with this bit of insight. Now, mine, he's a New Thought minister, okay? It is a punchy little axiom, so freeing at first glance, and my calculation is that it's somewhat accurate, maybe a third of the time. <laughs> but it doesn't say that, it says always. Spiritual psychology is not reducible to slogans and mantras, even smart ones. To be clear, I'm not anti-aphorism, but whole volumes can't explain us back to ourselves, for our inner landscapes shift every time we read and study. To get anywhere near the bottom of things demands a durable, engaged attention span, capable of holding multiple thoughts and weighing their nuances. Science of mind and spirit is not about memorizing and regurgitating core concepts. Its purpose is to reveal the divine nature everywhere present. Concepts, theories, and techniques form a roadmap to inner realms. So can memes, if they're thought through. Yes, of course, it is the other person's problem if they've just up and decided to judge you, or me, based on their pre-existing standards of value. Love at first sight happens, but then so does instant dislike. And the more important it is, the, excuse me, the more instant it is, the less it's about us, who we are in full, because the other person hasn't gotten that far. Sometimes we remind other, others of people from their past who hurt them in some way. Not because we are now hurting them ourselves, but by just being there, looking similar. This is not emotional freight we ought to take on, though we do so whenever our goal is to make everybody else befriend, admire, and respect us. They won't. And we get to decide what to do about that, such as looking elsewhere for fans, or better yet, finding our confident voice and standing in our own truth. I'll pause right there. So first of all, if we are attempting to see truth as something unchanging, using it in the absolute sense, what's a more accurate phrase than my truth? The truth? The truth? The truth? Are we talking about the truth in my this experience. case? Yeah. Okay, my experience? Yeah. My opinion. My opinion. My, my reality. My what reality. others tell you? What uh, other people tell you? 
with the truth. The okay, what other people tell you as the truth? So in this article, he's really talking about you know my own my own experience and owning it as something that's changeable. And it's just my experience. It's not truth necessarily, not in the absolute sense. So so far, any thoughts that pop up? Just a little, little bit more. We can never know another person's consciousness inside and out, and people change. So those who judge us now may come to love us later. You never know. There's one scenario where the meme may be apt. Here's where it isn't. Let's suppose, say, I steal your hat. You have this nice hat, and I snatch it right off your head. Whose problem is it then? Mine for accosting you this way? Or yours because you're suddenly hatless? <laughs> if I wrong you, isn't it delusional for me or the world at large to blame you for feeling wronged? These days we call that gaslighting. Sometimes other people have a problem with us that they're jolly well entitled to have. <laughs> because we carelessly or even deliberately took something that belonged to them and not to us, be it their hat, their home, their security, or their serenity. Ernest Holmes taught a spiritual law of liberty, not of license. By this he meant that while anybody is free to take an a any action extending uh, from any intention, there is always recompense, or to put it another way, comeuppance. Therefore, the wisest course of action and the most moral is doing to others what we would have them do to us, unless they clearly would prefer something else in which case, doing that. If we can't determine which of these two courses to take, a suitable option is to leave others alone. <laughs> when someone has an issue with us, our response is predicated on who they are to us. If the boss doesn't like our work, that's a conversation worth having. Engaging with our partner is important, we'd all agree, and with our children, parents, siblings, and basically anybody we want to keep in our lives. Just tossing out, that's your problem, terminates dialogue without resolution. <laughs> right. And insultingly at that. It may not seem all that pivotal if we stomp out of a family squabble, but when nations get up from the table with this sentiment, they tend to start wars. So, he mentions liberty versus license. What's the difference between liberty and license? Well, the Apostle Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. So okay. to, that means, to me, that means that um, there's nothing that you can't do, mm -hmm. but there are things that doing them will cause uh, problems. So liberty would be doing what you choose in ways that don't cause problems? Is that Well, I think liberty to me is just basically that you have the ability to do anything you want Okay. To. So yeah. the ability to make that choice and then license is making the choices that cause problems. Yeah. Okay. I would call it liberty to me is like a, a freedom. freedom. Mm -hmm. So freedom versus permission. Okay. Regardless of who it's been granted by, I can give myself permission, and mm -hmm. I am free 
to do so. Okay. So that's kind of what that is for me, freedom versus permission. All right, freedom versus permission. Anybody else? Yeah, my, my sense of it is that, that my liberty is, ends where it infringes upon your liberty. Okay. So liberty is you're free to do anything that's uplifting to the whole and license is just do whatever the hell you want regardless of hurting other people's feelings or anything. Okay. All right. Popped up with your hand coming up. No? Okay. The uh, writer of Hebrews said that as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And I think that really applies because there's a lot of things that you can do that, that do not result in peace. Right. Uh, yeah. so it's like a lot. I'm sorry. So the, so the key is. You have the liberty to do anything you want to, but is it is it promoting peace okay. in your in other in your life and other people's lives? Okay. And again, but it comes back to as as far as it depends on you. So there's there's only a certain right. It, you can't kill yourself trying to be at peace with everyone. So. Right. Some people might not want to be peaceful mm. for whatever mm. reason, <laughs> or have the capacity to be peaceful. One by one, I mean, have that capacity in any given moment. It reminds me of what's going on right now with the whole AI thing, you know, yeah. and, and the, the, the thing that just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do it, and that happens all the time in science and technology. We see that right. very, very clearly, Yeah. but we can turn that around and, and think about it moralistically, too, as far as right. our own personal lives. <laughs> yeah, in science, we do do that a lot. We, we put all kinds of things out there before they've been thoroughly tested in various ways and we don't know their outcomes. So. so so liberty when I looked up the two words, liberty seemed to refer to acting from one's free nature, as we've all said, and engaging in the God given privilege of choosing, making a choice from whatever choices are offered to us. License refers to acting with abusive disregard for rules of personal conduct. So sounds very much like what we're talking about. So it's my right to freely make a choice and take the consequences of my choices versus I'll do whatever the hell I want. As Chris said, often without regard for consequences. Right, so just a couple more little paragraphs here. The reciprocal nature of life is another point Holmes dwells on. Before him, we heard it as what goes around comes around, and as above, so below, as below, so above. Here's how this works. Any outcome we desire another person to experience is a subjective impression we embed within for ourselves. To the subjective field, there is no separation between multiple aspects of creation, such as us and others. We know we are distinct, but the subjective field does not, which is what makes it subjective instead of objective, which we're pretending it is when we evade accountability for our side of the situation. So let's, let's get your understanding around subjective and objective, because that can get kind of tangly. 
So what what are they saying when it says a subjective field does not see separation or difference? In simple words. Subjective is personal. Um, subjective subjective is sub, to me is just means it's, it's subjective to, to to a point of view. Mm. So there's a point of view that's that it's coming from. So okay. so whereas objective is kind of stands above any kind of point of view. Okay. Objective has to separate things into descriptors. Okay. Subjective doesn't have to do that. Okay. And in, in our subjective state, we know our oneness with each other, with, with all, of, all of creation. In our objective state, that's, that's where we differentiate. Okay. I'm not you, but subjectively, I am you. So if I say I hate you, uh, the universal subjectivity, if you will, said, here's I hate me. Okay. So when this says to the subjective field there is no separation like between me and you, it's really talking about how this spiritual principle we're talking about works the same way no matter who we are. You know, even the physical laws like gravity if I jump off the roof, I'm going to fall. If you jump off the roof, you're going to fall, given you don't have some kind of contraption on to <laughs> carry you away. Okay. So there, it's impartiality. This is referring to spiritual principles are impartial. So it says, it may take a while for our outwardly directed intentions to boomerang, but they surely will. <laughs> Mm. This much must be clear to the student of metaphysics or to anyone who notices their life as it goes by. The their problem, shibboleth, wouldn't have gotten the rise out of me that it did were it not for it being folded into a hearty meme theme of inspiration and empowerment. It represents not only new thought, but tired, decrepit thought. Okay, so it's not talking about new thought. He says it's tired, decrepit thought that one of us is right and the other is wrong in every case. The world has suffered enough under this kind of ethical regime. If somebody has a problem with us, the first place to look, not the only place, but the first place is within. Mm -hmm. After assessing how we fit into the situation by right of consciousness, we're prepared to start sorting out the facts. What do you think of that statement? If someone has a problem with you, the first place to look is within. Oh, absolutely, because everything starts with them. Okay, do you agree with that? Am I being impendiated? Uh, look within and see where I'm at. Okay. And know myself. All right, thank you. Yes. Um, the only way I've ever found how to do that is uh, using a worksheet by Byron Katie, because you go through first you allow the part of you that feels like you're right and they're wrong to the vent. Because if you just spiritually bypass and go to, right. I'm going to look within, you're going to be suppressing the part of you that is not on board with that. So I've found those, mm -hmm. I don't do them every, all the time, but I find right. that they, they built a new habit for me. So. Right, that yeah. Byron Katie's the work. Yeah. 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 Good, good mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, some tools for doing that for sure. It's the, uh, Reminds me of your slogan, if it's before me, it's for me. If it's, 
if it's in front of me, then it's it, it's worth looking at. Right. Uh, not not swallowing it hook, line, and sinker, right. but but just saying, okay, where did this come from? Yeah. And really seeing if there if there is something inside that uh, right. where it rings true. Yeah. So it, you're right. It's not about bypassing and just going to, oh God, how did I create this? No. What have I done? What's in my consciousness? That that's not what we're talking about. No. I think there's a couple different layers to that. Mm -hmm. One is how deep does it go? Mm -hmm. So if this is an instant meeting and you have a reaction from the other person, that clearly tells you they are not interested in who you are. Right. That's their surface judgments probably based on their own filters mm -hmm. and their own experience and beliefs on how they see you instantly decided who you were and they would just rather not. Right. If, if that's all it is, then you can go in and say, okay, was there anything else in that that I might have to look at? We didn't really get that far. We don't have a relationship, so I'm going to lay it on the surface and I'm going to say it stays here. Mm -hmm. And then and then I can choose what I'm going to do with that. Do I want to change who I am so this person likes me more or do I even care? Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, no. exactly. If it's, if it's someone you have I think it comes down to relationship. If you mm -hmm. if you have a relationship with them and then something takes place where there's conflict, which conflict isn't bad, but if there's conflict or there's something there itching at you, like I said before, am I the funk in the room? <laughs> so let me go and see <laughs> if this funk is mine and did I spread this funk? What has taken place? Go in there and ask your higher self and merge with spirit and see what's going on here. And if this relationship is important, so it comes down to your values and, and where you place things. Mm -hmm. If this relationship is important, now now what am I willing to work on, to do, to compromise, to openly talk about and discuss, to, to keep this relationship growing? Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, and you want to, because there is a choice, right. I can choose to say, well then I don't care, let that person disappear, go in peace. Or, no, I, I really want to be this in this relationship. Can we find a way to be that in that relationship? So, just like in any other, like, 12-step program or anything, they do what mm -hmm. kind of what he's talking about is, uh, you know, resentment list, right? So the first thing you do is you write fully down why you are resentful. All the, all the negativity, all the funk, you get it out of the way, and then you move on to the next place, which is what, what does this affect in me? Does it affect my self-esteem? And then at the end you say, what is my part? What can I change? And it lets you move through those areas of that emotion. So I think one where it is, what it affects, and what we are willing to do with it. Beautiful, thank you. And there are layers and another great tool for going within and teasing out. Inventory, self-inventory. Right what's mine and what's not mine and am I the funk? Am I the funk in the room? <laughs> I, since you said that, it goes through my mind anytime I'm experiencing funk in a room, I go and just to make sure is it mine. <laughs> and it could be deeper within us not realize it right. and find it. It yeah. could be. Take a while. Deeper than mm -hmm. you realize. Bob? Yeah, I like to think of uh, the past, the present, and the future and make true story. Uh -huh. I take center and recenter myself to the present of a better life that way because if I listen to the past I could really 
throw me off course. And the future really is just out there. <coughs> we don't know yet. Or right. I don't know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't want to live thinking, well, I got to build a spaceship and get out of here. Thank you. So there's more to this article, but it, it basically is focusing around these ideas. And at one point toward the end, he makes a statement, or actually it's a question. He asks, are we responsible for making things right for everybody across the planet? No. <laughs> There's no way you could. You can't even right. I mean, you, you can't can even drive yourself weird. crazy and trying. Okay. But let me share with you part of a response. Let me see. Find, oh, oops. Find my question. There it is. Mm -hmm. He says yes and no. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yes and no. Do tell. <laughs> yes, in terms of modeling a world that works for everyone. Yes, in terms of us doing what we can do, being who we can be as examples and as change makers and as just positive people. Be the change you wish to see. Hmm. Being the change. Through our spiritual practice through our material and physical exertion, the work, the effort that we put in. No in the sense of having to go it alone. We each need to take care of ourselves, stay hydrated, get sleep, nourish our bodies. Here's a clue about when it's our turn to serve. When a situation repeatedly presents itself to us, Something in us connects or the situation would have appeared elsewhere. So let's just talk another moment and then we'll wrap up about that. What about when situations show up repeatedly in your life? What is that? How does that speak to you? Well, what I've come to realize is that a lot of the relationships I had in my past they treated me like my mother did, and that was what I expected, even though on a conscious level of Kimberly standing here and go, gee, what's that have all about? But just pulling people back in, because you haven't learned whatever you needed to learn to let it go. Okay. Forgiveness or whatever it may be. And until you get the idea or whatever the concept or whatever it's trying to show you, you're going to keep bringing the same people over and over until you get to a place where you go, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. What do I need to do so that it changes? Which is usually me that needs to change so that it no longer is a trap. It's no longer a magnet back in my life. Yeah, you're no longer radiating abuse me. Yes. Abuse me. Yes. <laughs> Without meaning to. Right. Well, for me, it's had two different meanings. You know, um, either it means that there's still something that I need to look at, mm -hmm. or it means that I'm hiding out. Ah. Because. It's coming looking for you. In my past, I have been known to hang on to certain issues mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to move forward with change and growing and all 
those things that are scary mm -hmm. were scary. <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> I know I'd hear that one later. But it, you know, yeah, so for me, it's a way, it was a way of clinging to something so that I didn't have to move on. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The third option for me, uh -huh. what if I have a gift? for handling those types of situations. Mm -hmm. What if there's something that I can bring in and share when that situation repeatedly shows up in front of me, but it be physical or an emotional thing. And if it's something that's an emotional or, or, or something that someone needs as a human, if I've done my work, if I'm kind of understanding of that, mm -hmm. if I've already broken out of that, Right. There might be something that I might be able to offer mm -hmm. the other human where maybe they may have a cap and right. because I've done so much work. Or if it's a physical thing and the situation keeps coming up to you where you're eight feet tall and short people can't reach something constantly, <laughs> you might be really good hey, what at are you saying? reaching up there and getting the thing and that's and that's something you can share with someone else to help their journey a little easier, right? Or or whatever it is. Yeah. If you need something yeah. down underneath, I gotcha. If you need something up on top, they gotcha. So you know, maybe maybe it's not always negative that the same situation yes. keeps presenting itself in front of you. You know, people constantly almost die in front of me all the time. Mm -hmm. I could say, my God, why do I make people die? Or I could say, it's because every single time I've been able to make a difference. So right. I am there for a reason. Mm -hmm. right. So it's not always negative. Right. So that's the lesson. And there's the, the balance mm -hmm. again. We finally get the lessons, then we get the progress. Right. We have to, no matter what, deal with that and get the lesson to be able to grow. Because you need that knowledge to right. understand to go forward. And then the lesson might be accomplished in you, and then you have that gift to share and offer, like April's talking about. Right. And what I found in, in my walk is that those things I have overcome, those are the people that are that I attract. People that need help overcoming the sure. same things I've been through. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that I think I think there needs to be a lot of discernment in that because mm -hmm. I think some uh, there's a lot of times when we can our darker part of the bar, darker part of us can kind of put us in situations all the time that mm -hmm. that we realize <clears throat> that kind of things come up right. that we kind of see as maybe I could help this person but in in the end it's really because now I'm acting kind of in a more destructive way that that is coming up and so mm -hmm. for me to engage in that would be destructive so yeah so uh, at the, on the other hand you know if we're um, if we are acting in a way you know, as Jesus would, to, would say to love our neighbor mm -hmm. then then and those things come up and that is more of a I think a positive indication right. I think there's again I, I can't really think of a way in my own life that would happen, but I can think that there, there would be times when you have to say, wait a minute, why, yeah. why, is this, why is this being presented to me? Right. So. Without specifics, I have had examples where a person or people truly believe that they've got something handled. Like, I've dealt with that. I've got it handled. Y'all come, I'll help you with it. They don't have it handled, and you're right. It can be very um, 
you have to know yourself really well. Mm -hmm. You know, and be real with who you are. Kimberly, and then what there's a saying, you know, you can't really judge somebody unless you've walked a mile in their moccasins, and that's the holy truth. Yeah. If somebody comes into my life and they really need somebody, um, I don't know, they just need help, and if they've had something happen in their life that never happened to me, I wouldn't even know how to even give them advice. No. But because I've come from the place that I've come from, I do help people. You know, and I, because I've had that experience. Right. And without that experience, good, bad, or indifferent, I wouldn't be the Kimberly sitting here right, right. now. That's true. So. You're grateful for I am grateful for all of it. Yeah. All right. And Chris, and we're going to wrap up. I think, I think a lot of these repeating situations have to do with who, who you believe you are or what talents you believe you have. Mm -hmm. I knew a guy that said, I just realized that because I, my self-image is that I'm really good at solving financial crises, I keep creating financial crises for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I can prove it. What are you interested in? Yeah. <laughs> How good you are at things. All right, so I'm going to wrap up. Good conversation today. New thought teachings sometimes get a bad rap. Sometimes they're really misunderstood. But like other spiritual teachings, it's usually due to our misunderstanding of them. And that would be true in any, any tradition that you are uh, pursuing. The original intent is usually different than what we initially take on. So no matter which path fits your life and your search for truth, I encourage you to plumb the depths plumb the depths. Don't be satisfied at what someone tells you is true. Uh, don't be satisfied with how someone else defines a particular teaching for you. Jump in. Try it on in your own life. If there are practices and principles, try it on. If there's material to be studied, dive in and study it. You, you can't know how something does or doesn't resonate for you until you have plumbed the depths for yourself. And then ask for inner guidance around it as you're doing the study. When we're listening, spirit will always speak the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So I just encourage you to go deep. So we accept this as absolute truth as we close in prayer, that there is only one source, one life, the life of spirit forever expressing as all of creation. So we know that each of us is an intricate and unique and perfect expression of divinity. We are perfectly imperfect. We're here on purpose. There are no mistakes in spirit. All of us expressions of beauty and love and light. Each of us imbued with all the qualities of spirit. Each one of us at choice in every moment as to which qualities we will call forth and give our attention to. Will my thoughts be peaceful or will they be violent? 
Will my words build up or will they tear down? Will I point my finger in blame or will I open my heart in compassion? The spiritual journey is so simple. It is we who complicate it. It's all about love. Not in the emotional sense, but in the self-givingness of spirit as a way of living our lives. We're told to love God, love ourselves, love our neighbors, love our enemies. To give of ourselves in whatever ways we are called to give. For every act of love, so is it done unto us. And for every act of less than love, so is it done. That's it. There's nothing else. We move into this week allowing it to be just that simple. Even easy to make the right choices. And in doing so, we serve ourselves well. We serve one another well. We serve Great Spirit well. We become extensions of the mighty love of God, serving as the hands and feet and the hearts and the voices of the Creator. Each one of us becomes more and more a beneficial presence on the planet leaving a positive imprint for all times. Thank you, Spirit, for the blessing and support of spiritual community. Thank you for the endless ways I am lifted and moved by your presence. Thank you for this life and all that it brings. And from this deep sense of gratitude, I release these words, trusting absolutely in their creative power seeing them come into form and experience for each one listening. And so they do. And so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe. Aho. Aho. Good conversation. Yes. We are a long-winded bunch, but I love it. I love it. I love it. So look around, say good morning. We have just a couple more things to, we see a new face. Ah, your name? My name's Jordan. Jordan? Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We have awesome lunch next door every Sunday, so if you want to stay for lunch, feel free. So every Sunday we invite you to join in the celebration of our work by sharing of your financial goods, should you choose to do so. And if you're at home online, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find a donate button, you'll find our mailing address. So as we move into this time of giving, and then a few invitations for all the good things, fun activities coming up, I invite you to join us in our affirmation and our prayer for our offering that appears magically on the screen. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. 
I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. And we haven't heard Jason in a while. So I want to encourage us to look for the good. Look for the good in everything. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone. Look for the good. Look for the good. 
seed into the bird's nest. So. <laughs> uh, so we take this moment to give thanks for these gifts. We give thanks for the hearts and the hands that brought them to us. We give thanks to the source of all good. And we pledge to use your gifts wisely and be good stewards of all that is given through Mystic Heart back out into the community where it indeed does good work in the world. So thank you. Thanks, Spirit. We accept with a grateful heart, and so it is. Amen. <laughs> All right. All together, hand in hand, to see the light, we take a stand and we are changing. And set it free and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace unfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth comes through you, may good flow to you, let joy renew you until we meet again. Love be